Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Got the full CHGO White Sox crew today. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Vinny, we're going to miss you. you. You get back and then you leave us again. Still going to be on the show, just though. Just got back from I Australia? Mean, just got back from wow. Australia. Just, like, it was just well. the other day. I've already been. So, get this. Uh, Arizona will be already my fifth state visited in 2023, if you count Illinois. Already fifth. Really? Kansas yeah. City? Or uh, I guess Missouri. I, I was, I've been in Michigan, Missouri, Illinois, and uh, uh, Wisconsin. Wow. That was all before the end of January. So, if I, was on, I was on a blistering 48-state pace which I think is going to slow, but yeah. Well, then since CHGO started, you've also been to Minnesota. Oh, I haven't done this calculation, but yeah. Oh, boy. I was, Minnesota, in, a bunch, I was in a bunch last year, yeah. 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 You're well-traveled. Oh, yeah. There you go. Look at you. Uh, but yeah, spring training starting. Uh, pitchers and catchers report today uh, for the White Sox and all around Major League Baseball. And spring training officially starts on the 15th. Vinny will be arriving, uh, hopefully, uh, knock on wood. Uh, with Jesus. What are we doing? Like Southwest. I don't know. Maybe you're taking Southwest. But delays. Hey, you know, hey, I'm just hey, saying, hey. like, it was more of a delay thing. You know, oh. airlines. Oh, oh okay. good news. Uh, uh, Southwest. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Shit. I didn't mean it like that. No, I'm really knocking on wood. Um, now I feel guilty, too. Uh, but yeah, no, Vinny will be in Arizona on Wednesday uh, for your spring trading coverage. So make sure you tune in uh, to allchgo.com to check out his coverage uh, of Arizona as well. And he'll be on the podcast uh, on uh, that week, uh, you know, starting on Sunday, uh, all throughout his time in Arizona. He'll be on the podcast and we'll be doing special shows, probably be moving the time back as well, uh, just to accommodate all of Vinny's information and knowledge he'll be taking in. Arizona. And that's why you should be following the CHGO White Sox Twitter feed oh, wow. and or any of us on the on the Twitter machine so we can know when you're going to be going live and then when the shows are going to be with Vinny in Arizona. We're going to have some good stuff down there because Vinny knows what he's doing down there in AZ. And, and how about we, uh, you know, for those of you watching on the YouTube, mm. if you haven't yet subscribed, please join the 25,000 others who have already subscribed. Andrew through. Vaughn, baby. Andrew Vaughn. The Jim Tomey 1,000. The Jim Tomey 1,000. Let's get it to Ellis Burke's 26,000. Are you going to be like it. the people who usually get off the plane in Arizona and go to that mediocre in and out burger immediately? Hey, Not immediately. Whoa. I have things to do. I have, yeah. I have socks camp to get to. Okay. Is that a, is that an important thing for you? I often, if not always, make sure to go to in and out in Arizona. But mediocre. I will say this, Herb. And it's not because of your opinion. I'm less inclined to keep going to In and Out during spring training because In and Out is a California thing, and I think I'd be, I think I would want to maybe save my yeah. In and Out trips for California. That being said, I'm almost certainly going to. have I mean, some how much? Arizona. How many times do you go to California? Like, if it's if In and Out is in the region you're in, I you have to go. But let's like they have Portillos in Arizona too. Yeah, like but I'm not going to go to Portillos in Arizona. It's but a, I also have permanent access to Portillos. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, tis a. Uh, Superior burger in Pertillo's too, so I would agree with that. I do love their burger, yeah, but yeah. In and Out's delicious. Come on, it is. Come good, on, Herb. Yeah. Come on, Herb. With Overrated. The, with the it's chopped the chilies, do you get Sorry. the chop? Do you get them baked or cooked with the chopped chilies? Next no, time, I just get it mm. animal style. Animal style on the fries. I eat it and like these fries are trash. The burger's delicious, but I'm not waiting 30 minutes in line for this burger. Yeah, the price is right, but also when you go out to uh, to a West Coast place, everybody's like, "Ooh, In and Out, this place." No, it's all right. Don't don't break your neck to go to In and Out if you're out in the West. I have no dog in this fight. I've never been out West. Uh, I've never had an In and Out burger. I've never been in nor out of the place. You're doing um, proper yeah. In and Out. In In Out. Yeah. I N space N space Out. Like in, rock and yeah, roll. Yeah. In yeah. In Out. Yeah. Like um, Jordan. You know, I, I, I whatever. Uh, I, I'll Chicago it up. In and Out. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, ins uh, and outs. I, I, I know they probably outs? have a Del Taco out in the West Coast, and I, I would hit up a Del Taco. I miss the one on 95th and Cicero badly. They also have just actual places to get actual I mean, tacos. Yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> other places to get actual burgers that probably are as Wait, Vinny, do you have a taco place in, in the Valley? Because I got to be honest, I oh. feel like Mexican food in Phoenix is not as good as Mexican food here in Chicago. No, it's not. It's different, certainly. Uh, last year I went to La Santissima. 
which is a uh, Guy Fieri endorsed uh, hey, uh, hey, out, yeah, in, right. out in Phoenix. Triple D. Uh, and it was really good. I did not have their famous tacos, though, because they had something on the menu that was, it was basically a giant empanada that was like the size of a football. Bet and I'm like, I'm getting that. And so it was really what was good. the filling? Uh, a, a lot of things. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Many things. <laughs> Everything. It was the kitchen and the sink. This uh, is a bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, meat tornado, uh, but there's there's also there's a good quick there's a good quick service like it's like a um, you know one of those assembly line yeah. like Chipotle style sure. thing uh, called Gadzooks enchiladas out there in Phoenix, Gadzooks. which I always make sure okay. to go to. Really good, quick. You know, it's fast. It's not like yeah. authentic stuff, but like you, for a lunch one day, you want sure. some enchiladas. That's what they have. There yeah, you go. Highly recommended. And that is your spring training food debate talk. Oh, I'm down. And, hey, and I mean, that'll it, be recurring segment, I would imagine, over the course of the next couple of weeks. We have access. You know, not only does Vinny have you know the sights and sounds of spring training, he also has the sights and sounds of uh, Arizona uh, and wherever his rental car will take him. It's true. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I do, maybe to Goodyear, perhaps to surprise. You never know. No, probably not either of those places. God, I hate both those places. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Um, Jordan, I do want to correct myself. I have been to Vegas, and I have been to Oregon, but that was for a... Both of those count as the West. A a wedding uh, when I was eight. So I was in one specific place in Oregon. Uh, and then I guess I was in Las Vegas, but I was on West Coast, and there wasn't a Del Taco. I'll give you one. I'll give you one more. There's a hole in the wall uh, at a uh, strip mall right by ASU in Tempe, called El Pollo Supremo, which mm. is some of the best food I've is, ever had. That is the supreme chicken. Show. Yes, okay, the could, supreme chicken. Oh. Uh, it is phenomenal. They do they do a special uh, rub on the chicken. So you get a combo plate. You get you get carne asada and chicken Ooh. on a plate oh. with uh, some freshly made tortillas. Oh, You put them on there. Ooh, Ooh, boy. It's very, very good. I'm now hungry again, even though I was just at uh, Small Cheval before mm. the show started. Mm. Pretty good burger there, too, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, overrated. Okay, huh? Kevin. What? Did I say it? <laughs> what isn't overrated? <sighs> Apparently, every burger yeah, is overrated. No, what, what a burger. On, if you go out to Texas, delicious. You're, you're, you said Small Cheval is overrated? Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. And all too. Both of them. Both Chevals? Yeah. I mean, you. I live up in uh, the uptown area, so you can go to a lot of places that are just as good as those places like Little Bad Wolf. Little Bad Wolf is Little great. Bad Wolf is delicious. Yep. Yeah. Um, sh- shout out to Jackson Orlando who said El Pollo Supremo is the best. Yes, uh, El ASU Pollo Supremo. Right now, uh, Jackson also said he met uh, our guy Brandon Spano uh, down in AZ, I'm guessing, for Super Bowl week. Uh, so shout out to that. Nice. I know that was uh, very successful for all city. And uh, Kevin says go to El Rancho so- Supermarkets. Yeah, Kevin, who's right there. Could have just our content maybe people. walked the five feet over, <laughs> said it in Lawrence's He's mic, watching. Hey, Kevin, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> now, he's now he's coming uh, out. He's great coming out for, for an off mic comment. comment. Oh, just, no, just, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just—I was just messing with you. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you can stay over there. It's just, a different mic now. It doesn't even—it's not just, the same. I was just messing. With you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Connor's hungry. Now. Uh, well, I want to get to not that Connor. And shout out to Connor KPW. I want to get to Connor Smith, who apparently wrote a, a spoof of Billy Joel for the Twins, but White Sox related. Um, because of course he did. Uh, also, we brought up Jim Tomey and uh, the Andrew Vaughn thousands. Uh, I think Connor would feel remiss if I didn't bring up the Joe Borcher thousands as well. He was twenty five. But twenty five. Uh, Borcher's time never came. Shingo perched a perfect game, pitched a perfect game. Everett Alomar again. Big hurt, got an ankle sprain. Uh, Esteban for Jose four two verse Tampa Bay Ross Glode seventh place rookie of the year race Jamie Burke knockdown Twins win the Central Crown by Mi- Mikel Olivo come on Timo we didn't start the fire uh, shout out to Connor for at least putting in that effort I felt like I had to match it I'm glad you knew the song it's yeah, awesome well done. I do know, I, I know 80s Joel only okay that's a terrible song it is a terrible <laughs> song but I'm glad that Connor had the better version uh, if only you guys knew this phone is just full of we didn't start the fire parodies from Connor. So nice. <laughs> send them over, Connor. So there you go. I'm a fan. We could just create this a series. Um, and I'm assuming they're all 2003 White Sox related. Um, uh, I mean, a not, a not insignificant portion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we do have some Andrew Benatendi talks today. We'll preview his 2023 for the White Sox. And we also have a mailbag Monday for our CHGO diehards. Um, I do want to start with uh, a little bit of an icebreaker, though. Uh, we teased it on yesterday's show, uh, but we're going to jump into it now. Uh, MLB Network, we've talked a little bit about their top 10s for specific positions, but in their top 100 positions, Aloy Jimenez was ranked 87th. 
Luis Robert was ranked 86th. I thought that was a very interesting pairing for the two. If I had to throw this out there, gentlemen, either Luis Robert or Aloy Jimenez to start your baseball team, if you had to pick one player, who would you pick? If they are, quote-unquote, equally rated, according to MLB Network, as the 87th and 86th best players in Major League Baseball. It's the easiest answer I've ever given, ever. Luis Robert. He's give you production both on offense and defense. For whatever Aloy is, he's pretty much an average-to-below-average defender in left field, which is a decently easy position to play. Luis Robert, we've seen his rookie year, finished second place to uh, Kyle Lewis, but guess what he did? Won a gold glove that year in his rookie season as a center fielder for the White Sox. I think with both of these guys, health and a lot of White Sox is the determining factor, but I think Luis, you saw through the wrist injury, he still was giving you the effort out in center field. Most of the reason why he was in the lineup is because he could still catch the ball with the best of them. And so, you know, even though last year wasn't his greatest defensive year, I say Luis Robert is a superior player to what Aloy Jimenez is this point. Now, Aloy could do the 40 or 50 home run thing in his career, and he might jump over Luis if that happens because his bat is that powerful. He actually is a powerful bat and a guy who knows how to hit the baseball, and he's uh, adjusted his uh, earlier foibles about swinging the at the outside slider, while Luis is still kind of uh, flailing at those. So I think Luis is the better player overall and to start your uh, your MLB team with, but I could see Aloy just mashing the ball one of these years and like, man, it's undeniable. He's kind of like uh, the right-handed Jordan Alvarez, people probably saying. Luis Robert is the kind of stereotypical answer to this question, and so I think it's hard to get away from him as, you know, the choice between these two guys. Uh, he is that do-it-all player. Uh, he's very young. You expect him to have maybe not maybe not the high, highest of heights in some of those offensive categories that Aloy might hit, but you would expect him to be consistently great across the board in just about every one of those categories, certainly even in the power department a guy who's not supposed to uh, disappoint you if you were to select him over Aloy. Uh, but obviously, you go with him because he plays up the middle in center field, a premium position, and he plays it well enough that he's already got a gold glove on the mantle. He is, uh, when healthy and, and all the, uh, the the parts are working as they're supposed to, uh, you know, he's, he's a great speed guy, a great base runner. Uh, he can really kind of do it all on the field, and that's why he is the answer to that question. That being said, I would not at all be surprised if Aloy Jimenez has a better year offensively than Luis Robert in 2023. In fact, I might peg that to be the case. But career, would you still take? Well, and that's Luis? the qu- and that's yeah. the question, right? And so I, I think I think Aloy Jimenez is, you know, if he stays healthy, destined for really big numbers and really in in certain areas over the course of his career. I think he's a guy who can be considered a great hitter, not just a great home run hitter. I I I don't think anybody. Uh, would be disappointed to select Aloy Jimenez as the answer to this question. Uh, that being said, I think that over the course of their career, over the course of the large number of statistics that everybody looks at all the time, Luis Robert might be the guy who is more consistently good across the board than Aloy who might succeed in, uh better in one or two categories. Yeah, Sean Jankowski and Blank Name both saying Luis and then Matthew Lucas with the big if healthy, of course. Um, only Lloyd Robert has played 100 games in a season, 2019, 122 games. Uh, following that, 55 in a 60-game season in 2020, uh, then 55 in 2021, and then 84 in 2022. Luis Robert, 56 of 60, then 68 in 98. So, again, it, it's tough to see, like, it's tough to bet on which horse because none of them have proven to be that healthy, right? They both seem to come from a great pedigree. I don't know why I'm talking about both of these as horses, um, but uh, you know, you're taking, the, you're taking the horse metaphor too far. You, you miss Johnny um, Cueto. Wow, that I was. Did. I do miss Johnny Cueto. I miss him badly. Um, I miss Herb did not see that coming. No, uh, 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 um, no. ama- that was an amazing day. I, I think you should, every day like startled the, a startled horse in the conversation. Like you were talking and then you neighed. That was a little weird. Um, but it's funny that you bring up Luis and the slider because I think the the outside look is that he does struggle with sliders and, and that you can consistently see him, you know, swinging at one that's in the left-handed uh, batter's box. But uh, run value, 2020, uh, and positive eight run value against the slider, uh, 2020, uh, negative one run value against the slider, and then last year, uh, a positive two run value against the slider. Um, I just... Both of these guys need to prove that they can crush the fastball. Uh, in 2020, 
Uh, Luis uh, Aloy Jimenez had a slugging percentage of 780 against fastballs. Um, pretty good. Yeah, that works. pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would like to see both of those guys have slugger, slugging percentages over 500 against fastballs. Like, they really haven't been able to prove in that. Um, Luis Robert has the massive two highlight home runs of 487 feet off of Mike Fires in Game 2, and he just blasted into the empty seats of Oakland. And then the grand slam against Minnesota, but then we see that followed up with a vertigo spat. Um, and, and him struggled to stay on the field. And then that's followed up when he finally gets healthy, injuring his wrist, and then not being able to swing the bat in, after August 12th. So I think I would actually lean Aloy. I would just need to truly burn every mitt that he's ever had and just be like, you are our DH, and we're going to see if you can become as valuable as Jordan Alvarez. And then, hey, if you're able to stay healthy and prove that you can and you're really bored in two to three years, we'll talk again about picking up the old mitt. But, yeah, no, I, I would probably lean Aloy just because, Luis, it's very – I think for him to have a, a great Hall of Fame career, I think it has to be 80th percentile. Like, I think Aloy can kind of just go through, you know, being a hitter, being a masher, and I think he can do it successfully for, like, 15 years just because there's not a lot asked of that position. We see with Mike Trout. Like, Mike Trout can either have an MVP season or he's hurt and injured, and, you know, we're yeah. not able to see the full greatness of Mike Trout. And still hit 40 home runs. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, Robert needs to start doing that. <laughs> Just amazing what that guy does, but I hear you, and I and I partly agree. But I see if you extrapolate these these careers out, I think Robert will eventually be healthy enough to play. Last year, you know, you saw the injury to the wrist and the and the virus. These things are out of your control. Like he's not going to run into Jonathan Scope every single year and dislocate his wrist. He's not going to run into a viral infection every year. Remember before that. Man was out here mashing. He was crushing and doing well defensively. So I think, you know, if we're just going to extrapolate the seasons out, I can see Luis Robert playing 140 games a year, you know, to finish his career off. Aloy is too focused on, hey, I need to play in the outfield too. And that's his right. He wants to be involved in the game, and that's how he's learned the game. And I don't fault him for that. But I need, like you said, somebody to burn his glove and say, this is why you're, this is where you're going to make your money. So don't even mess with, with the rest of the stuff. We're giving you less work to do, kid. Focus on your hitting. And if we need to have you in in the, a game where Oscar Colas is out or something like that, we'll put you in right field real quick. But focus on playing baseball. And we've said it's not only the outfield that he gets hurt. Lucas Giolito's no-hitter, hurt. Coming around uh, third base in Cleveland, hurt. Hit that double after coming back from that in Oakland, Hurt again. So there's a lot Run of in the bases last year uh, against the Twins. Pulling up in Cleveland and then never seeing the outfield again in left field. And These are things. These are things that ever. just happened to him. Uh, I don't think as much as Luis Robert, which he did also get injured in his quad, I think, a couple of years ago with, a, with another uh, hamstring or quad strain. But I think overall, oh, if yeah, we're going to extrapolate the careers out, I think Luis Robert would be more healthy than what uh, Aloy Jimenez is. 21 running to first base, Luis Robert is yeah. right here thinking of there was a hip flexor i believe Torres hip flexor yeah oh god that was ugly to watch mm-hmm. that was like wow but, but and then he came back in in 2021 with the the, the retool stance and just obliterated the baseball mm-hmm. um, and that was you know his best run of games um i was trying to be you know a little cute and we know that uh Aloy jimenez had like uh that great oh, i guess it was only 65 games uh the 65 game stretch uh post all-star break where he was you know besides Aaron Judge, the best right-handed hitter in baseball, um, ended up having a batting line of 323, 391, 558. I thought it was a 84-game sample, so let me just retool this for uh, Luis because in his 84 games, best 84 games, uh, 302, 338, 453, 791 OPS. So, you know, if you're comparing the OPSs, there's like a 200% difference. Uh, and obviously Luis has that added center field, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, bonus, but even last year, he kind of struggled metrics-wise um, in center field. And oh, anecdotally, <laughs> just <laughs> sitting in the press box, I, you could I, tell I, it was. I test. It was a different. It was a different kind of year for him last year than uh, than it was the prior two on defense. Absolutely, he was get slow and slow, slow to get jumps on some balls, and you know, very much not what you would expect from a guy who you know has that athletic ability. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I. What do you make of the defense? I think yeah, it was very odd to see him not perform at the level that he's capable of. And I don't know if that was the, hey, don't push yourself too hard type of 75% uh, verdict or edict that was uh, sent down the team. But, yeah, he didn't look as the guy that was just robbing balls from 80 feet away in Kansas City and making it look very easy. So 
maybe fresh legs this year without the games that he played that he missed last year and also the training regimen he's going through and then you guys got to remember he's got zen he's got peace now with the butterfly sanctuary he's like mm-hmm. so he's got a little bit more uh relaxation into his life and a little bit more meditation so Hopefully that'll keep him on the bases a little and get better jumps because yeah he was a uh, not as good as the 2020 version of Luis Robert yeah. but who was well that that's definitely gonna be interesting looking for spring training let's see how you know healthy and ready Luis Robert is after this uh, this ability to hone in his uh, mm. meditation in his uh, butterfly sanctuary and uh, uh, maybe we could see again a, a better uh, we've got, better look on the we've got Herb with the uh, the ohms and we've got Sean with the horse neighing this is quite the show hey, sound so effects we're yeah. entertainers good foley work on oh, this show great, I'm, great I'm a young Michael have... Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you are. Uh, yeah, we, we're just so used to having the hot keys of all these little drops uh, in our radio. So now we just have to, you know, make yeah. them by ourselves. Do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder how many people I talked over the head saying Michael Winslow. I know Michael Winslow. You do? Yeah. Wow. The dude, yeah, the dude who I, makes all the noises with him. Yeah. I weirdly just saw a video someone tweeted of him playing like the guitar yeah. solo from. The Who or something like that, yeah. yeah. Was that you who tweeted it? Probably, Probably yeah. The uh, yeah. man's talented. He's talented, not just the weird sounds he made on Police Academy, all the Police yeah. Academies, but yeah, he was a big-time fan of the rock and roll group, The Who, Led Zeppelin, all those things, and he makes the sounds with his mouth. It's amazing, yeah. He's a a white, natu- is he a White Sox fan? Uh, probably not. <laughs> nice if he was. Nice tie-in there. Mm, he is from... Spokane, yeah, Washington. Mm, boo. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a White Sox man. He's a big M's guy. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Uh, anyway, so let's take a quick break and kind of let you know about our good friends over at Green Ridge Farm. Local product, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Yeah, Lawrence, if you have a second, could you look up if Michael Winslow's an M's guy? I feel like uh, we should we should. Yeah, I it. feel like we should pay that off for sure. Um, offering a better all-natural option, makers of all natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Green Ridge Farms meat sticks are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. And these all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. With 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post workout snack. And meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. You obviously missed your opportunity to eat them during the big game, but hey, we got baseball coming up. Spring training, snacking on some meat sticks. There's 162 big games coming up. Bingo. Who um, needs the big game when you got all big games? <laughs> You have nine innings of meat <laughs> sticks in big game. Uh, I haven't tried them yet. You don't know what you're missing out. These meat sticks and all of their products are delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You could always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. I always, again, wave hi to the deli meats uh, at my jewels. So right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Also got to let you know about game time. If you're looking to go to one of these games, whether it be spring training or a White Sox game in April, May, June, July, whenever, game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, whether it be front row of 161, the premium outfield seating for the Chicago White Sox now in 2023, uh, you can find the biggest last-minute price drops on game time on seats that you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets. Bulls are at the UC tonight against the Orlando Magic. White Sox tickets when they are in town starting in April. Game time was created by the fans and for the fans, and that's why they guarantee the lowest price. They also offer a 110% uh, what's it called? Uh, price match? Yeah. Price match. Uh, Herb found tickets to Braves game on game time. Saw that they were a different price uh, on a different site. Reached out to customer service and within 12 minutes uh, got a bonus back uh, up to 110% for the difference uh, between those two sites. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Speaking of Game Time, yes. Michael Ooh. Winslow is in Fort Wayne, Indiana, April 13th through the 15th. You can go and no see way. him. Yeah, doing a um, whole lot of love was the cover he did on a... Amazing. Uh, Norwe- well, there's a lot of sound effects in that song, so that makes sense. On a Norwegian talk show about, like, 12 years ago. Yeah, so... Makes sense. Go to game time. Get your Michael Winslow stuff. No, do they actually? And don't don't tune out right now if you're listening on the YouTube and or the podcast. Bookmark it and say, hey, I'm going to go and listen to this uh, Michael Winslow talented thing uh, after the show, so... It's very, very nice. And I'm not even a Led Zeppelin guy. 
The man did a good job. Hey, and we uh, appreciate uh, Jordan Gilmore uh, for saying we got to get the likes up for these guys. Uh, like it up for Michael Winslow. Uh, like it up for Game Time. And uh, like, like it up, up for Led Zeppelin. Like it up for Led yeah. Zeppelin. Uh, favorite Led Zeppelin song? Whole Lot of Love, performed by Michael Winslow. I don't know a lot of songs except for that one. Maybe if you said the the words like, "Yeah, that one's great." Is uh, that Baba O'Reilly thing? That would That's be the, the Who. who. Yeah. All right, yeah. see exactly. <laughs> that I, all those groups just are the same to me. Favorite Led song or album? One of the four song is probably song is probably uh, hey hey what can I do? Okay. It was a B side back in uh, back in the day, uh, and then uh, my favorite Zep album. Ooh, mm, I'm gonna go with LZ two as being the best one. Mm. I was gonna say, but three. my favorite wobbles between three and then in through the outdoor, which I love. Big in through the outdoor guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. But yeah, LZ three is pretty fantastic. Three is pretty yeah. on from top to front to back. Oh just yeah, fantastic. Yeah, gotta love Tangerine. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Love the Zep. I'm not a I'm not a huge shocker. Guy. Yeah, I know you like Tusk. I would say <laughs> I do like Tusk. There's people out there that also like Tusk. Um, and, I would probably say 80s people plural. Billy Joel. Yeah, people. <laughs> um, Stevie Nicks, Mick Fleetwood. Those are people. <laughs> Freddie's saying uh, Led Zeppelin three. I would say Houses of the Holy, just because I, I I like the first Great three album. to start. Um, also, Dire Maker or Your Maker. I love your the so- I love the song Houses of the Holy, which is. Mm-hmm. Counterintuitively on physical graffiti. Yes. Always makes sense. Uh, <laughs> continuity. Uh, I'd also say my favorite song, uh, obviously everyone else's favorite song, I mean, probably the most notable uh, Led Zeppelin song, uh, Fool in the Rain. Uh, you know, just a classic uh, Led Zeppelin song. Great song. Okay. I, th- I thought uh, Fool in the Rain was going to be a Tusk answer as well. No. It's okay. a phenomenal song. Well, it's not like... It's on uh, In Through the Outdoor, which I just praised. Okay. That's true. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um but now I know. Uh, anyways, let's jump into Andrew Menatendi. If you didn't know he was a White Sox, now you know. Five years, $75 million, the largest in franchise history. He will be your new left fielder. Let's preview his season. Let's first look at his 2022 numbers. He was with the Kansas City Royals and the New York Yankees. 521 plate appearances, five home runs, 10, uh, 10% walk rate, uh, 14.8% K rate, uh, so about a 4.8%. Uh, K to walk ratio. Uh, his slash line was 304, 373, and 399. Weighted runs created plus of 122, and he had an F4, 4 of 1 or uh, 2.8. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, what do we make of 2022 looking back? Do you take anything of his time with Mike Tozar and Pedro Grafal as well, going back to 2021? What does Andrew Benatendi bring to the White Sox? What has he brought to the, the Royals and the Yankees for the past two years? Well, He's going to be playing the AL Central like he did last year for the Royals. And so he absolutely murdered the AL Central. The teams, except for the Kansas City Royals, let's just go through the batting averages. He went 571 with a 100 or 1,000 OPS versus the Twins. Versus the Gardens, 1,000 OPS versus them. Versus the, uh, the White Sox, a 736 uh, OPS. And then versus the uh, Tigers, about the same. He hit, bit, uh, hit 374 versus these teams in the AL Central. And now, remember, I think you, you would say the Kansas City Royals are a little bit worse than the White Sox, so you're adding them and taking the White Sox off the roster. I'm sure the hits will be going up. And I walked the, watched a lot of his uh, highlight tapes. Now, there's one person in the AL Central that he hit a home run off of. He only hit five last year, and he's on the Cleveland Guardians. Guess who that was? McKenzie? Nope. Connor Pilkington? Nope. Classe? Emmanuel Classe. Mercy. In his highlight tape, you see him going against top-notch pitchers all the time, and he's just serving these balls. He's crushing the balls deep and far. I mean, the, the team he actually hit the most home runs against is the LA Angels, which he didn't face that many times. So I think the White Sox are getting a solid player. Now, I know people out there are like, did he just do this in his walk year? got prepared, had his best average of his career, had one of his best on-base percentages, you know, you can. that's a fair assessment because you do have those years where people are just trying to get the big-time contract, and it worked for him. But I think this player adjusted to what he was given there. You could see so many times in his at-bats where they're just giving him a, a modified shift where the shortstop is kind of playing behind second base, and he's just serving the ball to left center field or the vacated spot where his shortstop's at. In Royal Stadium, which is a cavernous place, he just played to the dimensions that were there. Now a shorter right field portion guaranteed rate. I think that he will bring the power bat a little bit more. Not 20 home runs yet, 
But I think in his five years, as I said, he will hit 25 home runs with the White Sox as he gets more comfortable with the pitching. And we already talked about the two beasts behind him, and I don't mean to call him beast in some derogatory term, great players, Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. Protection, if you believe in it, will be there for him, unlike the Royals where, yeah, Salvi Perez is a pretty solid hitter, but they didn't really have the protection that the White Sox could have in 2023. I thought it was 2023 or 2022 was pretty good for what the team was. And then he just did all the right things. I wish our guy Steven was here because he would be going wild with the extra base hits and the running that he did. He had a lot of triples. I think he had two or three triples where it could have just been a double and taking the extra base on balls that were overthrown from the cutoff man. So, you're going to get a really smart player here in Andrew Benintendi because 2022, he had nothing to play for. He knew the Royals were going to be bad. Maybe he knew he was going to be traded as a high-valued um, guy, and he went over to the Yankees and did decent, not great. Um, but I think the White Sox in 2023 are going to get a not probably that 305 average guy and not that 370 on base guy, somewhere in between his regular numbers where he – probably 350 on base, and then you're going to get more home runs than the five he hit last year because that was the anomaly, I believe, because his career doesn't track that way. So I think the White Sox are in for a great year because this guy adjusts to what is pitched to him, and he seems like he's just getting better as he goes. And he's in his prime years now, so it's time to take off for the next one. Yeah, I mean, a consistent player, a guy who is, is kind of going to show up and you're going to know what you're going to get from him, and I think that's kind of a big benefit for the White Sox in terms of signing him is getting some dependability uh, at, toward the top of the lineup and certainly out there in left field where, where defense has been an issue the last couple of years. So um, when it comes to offense, Herb, I think you're right. I, I doubt you see him replicate those numbers, but again, I think it'll be more because of something that you alluded to a lot has been made about Andrew Benintendi changing his approach to suit Kauffman Stadium, right? So to make him the most effective hitter that he could be in that ballpark. U.S. or U.S. Cellular Field, how about that? Still. Guaranteed rate field, rather, Stretch. is a different kind of ballpark, obviously. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden going to be a 30-home run hitter, but it is going to be a different kind of approach. I think you can look at him as a heady offensive player, somebody who is going to... Uh, maximize his talent in the ballpark that he's in so maybe that does maybe double his home run total which obviously was pretty small and that's not the highest bar to clear but hey it's it's 10 more homers that the White Sox didn't have last year um I think another thing that I'm going to be looking for is what I heard from Pedro Grafol, which is look at all the other stuff. Yeah, you can look up all the, the results of the at-bats and that thing, but you alluded to a, f a few of those, Herb, that the base running, the, the ba that baseball IQ, what he's going to do out in the outfield. And, Sean, what you talked about, the experience with Pedro Grafol and some of the other members of this coaching staff, that's a positive in that department as well. He knows what uh, these guys expect from their players, and he's going to go out and show that. Pedro talked about Benintendi as a leader by example, not just from what he does in his individual game, but what he does from knowing what to expect from these former Royals coaches, right? A, these are guys who are coming in with, you would think, a brand-new message for all these White Sox players. Well, they've got a White Sox player in Andrew Benintendi who was a Royals player last year and can kind of hit the ground running with that and kind of succeed with it right away, you would imagine. So um, I think it's a very good pickup for the White Sox. Obviously, it's, it's always going to be judged this signing because of what it is, the largest free agent contract in team history, and because of what else happened this offseason, which was comparatively very little, and certainly in the eyes of many fans, not enough. So I, I, I think that you should judge this Benintendi signing in a vacuum because in a vacuum it is a good one, mm -hmm. it is a good signing, and it brings a lot of stuff that this White Sox team needs really badly. And I think that it, it, they got a lot of those things in him. And so it is, it is an upgrade not just – in one area, it's an upgrade in a lot of areas. I was very frustrated that it was the signing. I, I was frustrated that this was their guy. Um, now, thinking about the history and how Rick Hahn wanted him, you know, what, seven years ago on draft day, um, it makes a lot of sense that it ended up being their guy, a guy who has a great uh, batted ball profile. I mean, the White Sox love guys who can make contact. Andrew Vaughn, Nick Magical, like that, the, the, the kind of, you know, whatever, pedigree there. Um, lines up with who they've liked in the past. So I've come around a little bit on it, and it does feel like 
you know, the stars that they sign to big contracts do need to shine, right? You know, it's, it's now on Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, and uh, Luis Robert to perform, and I, I think that is completely fair. Um, let's get to two Super Chats really quick here. Uh, first from our guy Husky Bardo, going to be nice out there actually having an outfield in 2023. 100% true. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, very capable in the field. I don't know if he's an elite defender, has a gold glove, uh, but, hey, he's capable, which he's, is always great. He's number 23 also. That is true. Yeah, and his jumps are good. <laughs> and he little. is an outfielder by yeah. trade. He is an outfielder. Above average arm for a left fielder, it's fine. The guy makes plays, I and mean, we'll put it on the mat when the ball needs to be caught. I mean, we've seen so many times last year with uh, A.J. Pollock and Andrew Vaughn. This is a, you know, I think up, outs above average is at zero. I think, what, Andrew Vaughn was like negative 17? From there, you just improve that that position, and we know balls are hit to left field a plenty, so that is going to be improved. And I think he's not afraid of coming forward for a ball or going back on a ball because playing in Boston all those years and the cavernous left field that you have in Kauffman Stadium coming to a guaranteed rate with the, you know, it's not really a difficult left field because it's pretty much standard, swirling winds and all, but I think he's going to do well in that uh, ballpark because he's not going to have challenge. He understands what hitters do with the left-handed bat and the ball's going to slice different ways. Those things can't be taught to the people like Andrew Vaughn or and or he can't get the good jumps and he's because he's not used to it. Right. He's, 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 he's got experience. Are we both are we gonna call him both of them Andy? Or no, Andrew? I will Botham? not call Andrew Benatendi. Well, that's Andy neither B. of their nicknames, so no. there you go. Can we call him Andy B? It would be Benny. Benny and Vaughnie. Andy V ben, and Andy you know, B. It would be Benny and Andrew. I mm. we're not doing Andy Vaughnie or Vaughnie. No, those are, I, 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 I didn't come up with it. That's, his, that's his nickname I, with the team. I've always said that it's it's that that's it's a nickname is banned. I like Tendy better. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can call them chicken tendies. Sure. Yeah, that's what you've been calling. But the Vaughn, that's like that's a very hockey locker room name. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn, you just add a Y to the end of the name. Very There's a lot of very creative on. guys. That's why I never yeah. had a nickname because I didn't. Anderson. How about we call him the we call him the AV Club? He's just uh, just an onion reference. Like, well, I was gonna just use multimedia. I don't know. Well, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We'll do. see if he can use a slide projector, and then we'll figure. it out. I would love go. to yeah. give Andrew Vaughn a list of thirty songs and see which one he would pick out to cover. AV undercover. Did you see him uh, oh, this weekend? That was a fantastic. Oh, okay. You see Andy Vaughn out this weekend catching fish and such? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Outdoorsman. They're just sitting in a river catching yeah. fish. Let's call him the outdoorsman. <laughs> there we go. Maybe. With Better than Vaughn. Um, and then Jacob uh, saying, Benatendi in left field, Colas in right field. Hear me out, Montgomery in second base. Uh, I think it's a little too fast there, Jacob. We do appreciate the super chat. Um, yeah, Montgomery at second base. Maybe next year. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Cole Austin right field though again he, he's had a, a above average reports on what he does defensively so if that is the three Robert Benatendi and Robert uh, or Colas Robert and Benatendi in the outfield uh, the defense should hold up I do want to talk a little bit about Benatendi compared to Swanson the other signing on, on the other side of town um, you talked about it being a free agent year I would think that you'd sell out for home runs that would usually what it what gets you the most money and Dansby Swanson ended up getting 175 million dollars from the Cubs and in his last two years he had career years in home runs Mm -hmm. 27 home runs 25 home runs in 2021 and 2022 he also had a career high in strikeouts 167 and 182 Benintendi kind of showed that he can cut that down and by cutting down the strikeouts I think Mm -hmm. he reigned back on the power and he did tell Eno Saris back I think this was in July my approach right now is realizing I'm not going to hit 35 home runs it's getting on base be a tough out see pitches use the whole field this year it's finally come together playing Kauffman Stadium too. It's not easy to hit a ball out there, just spraying the ball over the field. It was more just approach, trying to go straight right field. Then you're susceptible to an off-speed pitch. I'm trying to go straight up the middle, and if you're early, you're early. If you're late, you still got the left field line. I started, It's. I think it started last year. I made a few swing adjustments last year to where I wasn't doing a leg kick anymore. And if you look at Andrew Benatendi's batted ball profile, and this is from Esteban Rivera's write-up on Fangraphs, um, kind of talking about his time with the Royals and fly ball rate. In 2021, it was 40.5, and in 2022, it was 31.9. And then with the Yankees, you want to hit fly balls in Yankee Stadium, it was the highest at 43.3, 3 percentage higher than his highest season in 2021. Um, and then line drive pull percent, again, talking about using the whole field, in Kauffman Stadium, 33% on line drive pull in 2021, 20.5% in 2022, 47.8% in Yankee Stadium in 2022, and pull in general, 40% in 2021, 28% in 2022, and then with the Yankees, 30% or 38%. So he's been able to change his swing to the park, and we know how beneficial um, 
right field is to the White Sox and left fielder, specifically in that part guaranteed right field. It is interesting to see the projections for 2023 put out that Andrew Benatendi is going to hit 15 home runs. Do we have the projections? Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Lawrence. I thought you were going to um, give a drum fi- roll for sorry, a second. I was, I was uh, just enjoying all the numbers you were spewing out of your face that I forgot to actually put it on screen. Thank you. 15 home runs. Uh, Andrew Benatendi uh, projected to hit 15 home runs. Again, we brought up five home runs for him in 2022. Uh, Steamer has him projected to hit 15 home runs, 571 plate appearances, about 50 more than last year, uh, 9.1 K percent, or walk percent, 17.3 K percent, a slash line of 264, 335, 409, weighted runs created plus of 113, uh, F war of two, uh, 2.3. I'm not sure about the weighted runs created plus and the F war projections there, but at least the walk and K rate, like that would be him re- regressing back to his career norm. His career norm of walk rate and K rate, 9.8, 18.1. Again, last year it was 10% and 14.8%. If we think he's going to go for a little bit more power, start pulling the ball a little bit more, you'd expect the K rate to jump back up to a career normal, which I don't think would be detrimental no. to him. He's posted a 123 uh, way to runs created plus season, having a higher strikeout total. So um, if, if he is able to truly adapt his swing to guarantee right field, might be a banger of a signing. And, I know this is sacrilege to say, but he reminded me while watching the highlight tapes of Joe Maurer. Like, Joe Maurer when he went to target field. Like, Joe Maurer when he was at the Metro dump was crushing balls over that trash baggy and then going to left center field with the greatest of ease. Then they went to the cavernous uh, target target field, and Joe Maurer adjusted himself to what that ballpark was. The, yeah, the power numbers went down, but still, the left center field stroke was still there. Foul line to foul line. That's what Andrew Bentini was doing in 2022. And I think in, like you were saying, he's going to probably do a little of that if you look at his spray chart, but more likely he's probably going to be doing more pulling because of first the, the shift banning and then also of the smaller ballpark. So I think the guy just, I, at the end of this year, he'll be one of you guys' favorite player. I, I already like the guy. I know you're already out on him. I know you've no, you've, um, you've you've warmed I'm up back in. I'm you, back okay, in. you warmed up to Andrew Benintendi, but I think by the end of this year, people will be like, yes, that guy plays the game right. He gives us consistent at bats. He gives us consistent hustle. He catches balls that we didn't think he should be catching, and he's a perfect formula for this team and showing the way how to do things. Royals way, you know, kind of like hustling, taking the extra base, and hopefully that uh, that like wears off on the other teammates so they can do it. Because I know my guy Steven, who's at home right now, just like, God damn it, don't take the extra base. And he's really smart about it. But his close and late stats are the things I want to talk about. 342, 400, 451. Close and late is seventh inning or later within a run or tying run on deck. Andrew Bennington, he came to the, came to the plate and was clutch as hell. So that's what we need for the White Sox, especially if he's going to be batting second right in front of uh, Luis and Eloy. All this, uh, all everything you're saying is is what we talked about earlier in the offseason, right? There's there were there were needs. The White Sox had needs. You could call it second base, another starting rotation, you know, ba 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 ba. And then they had needs: base running, defense, you know, this this amorphous stuff that you don't necessarily just check off a list. Like, okay, we got one of those. They needed to improve in all of these areas. You mentioned, you know, coming through in the clutch, how. Many times last year was their their numbers with runners in scoring position was such a talking point for a long time. They need guys who can do all of these things and do them a lot better than they did last year. And when you don't make a lot of moves and, and you're expecting that internal improvement from the guys that are already there to bring in a guy in Benintendi who is an improvement in all of those areas, except power, which is the reason Sean didn't like him. But Sean, don't like him because who he ain't. Not is he's not he didn't come in here saying he's going to hit thirty home runs. No, he didn't. So uh, you know he's what what Pedro Grafal said is that the way Andrew Benintendi plays is going to set the tone for how the White Sox play in twenty twenty three, and that that right there is a statement that befits the biggest addition of your offseason. We will see if that's the case. We will see if that makes any sense by uh, you know by May or June or something mm-hmm. like that. But if you are if for all those fans who saw who were pulling their hair out last year watching the White Sox run into outs on the base paths or play bad defense in the outfield or just generally, you know, not take a walk or or you know all of these things, guess what? Andrew Benintendi does all of those things and you might not be pulling your hair out this year at least when he comes to the plate because he does things differently than the White Sox were doing them in 2022. 
Yeah, and as long as he's different. I think we saw a lot of the same, a lot of repetitive behavior. As long as he is his own hitter, stays true to who he is, I think that would be a great, great example uh, for White Sox hitters to follow, and that's why I'd be batting second, you know. Bat him after T.A., um, and then that way Luis Robert maybe, you know, is like, oh, hey, maybe I'll take a little bit from Andrew Benatendi, you know, batting uh, him and uh, Anderson back and forth. Uh, it's a lot of aggression, a lot of uh, OO swings. Um, anyways, let's take a quick break. We got a uh, break before we got our Mailbag Monday questions. Um, we got to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook. They are America's top-rated sportsbook. They have fantastic promos uh, for the NBA. Uh, last week, they had the 10-point early win promo, which Lawrence and I are huge fans of. Right Wait, now, Is it over? Uh, it's not on today. Oh, no. So uh, no, no oh. early win today. But you do have the NBA no-sweat same-game parlays. You can bet up to $10 on a same-game parlay and get up to $10 back in a bonus bet if the same-game parlay does not hit. has to be at least three legs, and I think minus one, uh, 200 odds uh, or something uh, I like that. I thought it was minus 300 or less. Yeah, might, be might be minus 200. I'm not sure. Check the terms know. and conditions. They gave a free um, bet yesterday for the uh, big game for DraftKings sure Sportsbook. Did. I used it and was this close. Travis Kelsey... A second touchdown would have netted me like six hundred dollars on a that bonus bet. Six hundred dollars, yeah, on a free bet. It was two Travis Kelsey touchdowns, two Jalen Hurts touchdowns, and the oh. over fifty-one and a half. Got you. Oh okay, I, I, all those things happen easily except for Travis Kelsey's second touchdown. They gave it to who was it? Kadarius Tony got my second touchdown. And then, yeah. Damn near through the damn remote. Oh, it was uh, Sky Moore got the Sky, other no, one. Sky Moore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but both? I did win two hundred dollars on squares. Very nice. I'm rich. Nicely Mercy. done. Um. Same game parlay tonight, Bulls Magic. Can't bet on the Super Bowl. That's over. Um, but you can bet on the Magic and uh, Bulls tonight, 7-10. Uh, I got Wendell Carter Jr. in a revenge game spot. Points plus rebounds <laughs> plus assists, 25-plus. Over 224.5 points. And then 35-plus uh, points and rebounds for Nikola Vucevic. That's at 5.5 to 1. Uh, so $10 wins you about, what, 65? 35.5 points for Vooch? and boards. Points and boards? Yeah. Yeesh. It's like 20 and 15. Or like 25 and 10. I know. He's That's usually around like 12 to 13 boards. And so. he usually dominates. And just like Wendell Carter plays that well is, versus the Bulls, he plays well yeah. versus the Laredo Magic, even though the game's going to be up here. Game. Double revenge game spot. It's it's it's, it. it's amazing. Uh, also, we got a teaser uh, in college basketball. Miami plus 12 and a half. Baylor uh, at, a, at a plus half a point. American plus five. Bethune-Cookman plus six. Stony Brook plus 15. And Yooms uh, at plus 13 and a half. Yooms. So download the app now. Use making code. Up colleges. Always. America? Did you put America in? there american okay they're the american eagles and i'm not yeah, american university up. sure yeah i remember right. the patriot league hey patriot league yeah. uh did you know uh patriot league teams uh at home have a 48 percent win percentage that's bad i did not that's I mean, well, not now good. you know bucknell is gonna lose tonight uh, uh yes. download the app Bunny now high. oh boy uh download the app nice. now use code chgo new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with code chgo minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details all right let's get into our mailbag monday let's start with the extension question first if we can um from our guy oh i think it was uh champagne dan uh if you guys could extend one current player on a six plus year deal who would it be and and take don't take current contract I guess into into okay you know, oh so every everybody everybody's has, on the table you'd, you'd rewrite it yeah you know okay. you don't have to worry about Moncada's current contract if you want to extend it for six years you know okay. who, who would you extend right now income they're on the socks for the next six years the volatility of pitchers is stopping me from saying Dylan Cease so I'm not gonna say him because you know he could be hurt one of these years and so I'm just gonna say the face of the White Sox. We just talked about Dansby Swanson having career years and home runs and 20, what, 25 and 28 home runs the last two years. So get this $175 million contract from the Cubs. Tim Anderson's looking for the same. And if he could get anywhere near 20 home runs a year, I think he'll be in that neighborhood with Dansby Swanson because I think he has a better hit tool than Dansby overall. But, you know, defense is Dansby's thing. He can do it a little bit better than most at shortstop. So that would be the player that I would give the six-year contract to on the White Sox because I know for the most part he'll show up and show out if he does get a six-year contract. And he's the face of the team. And he's more valuable, as I say, to the White Sox than he is to everybody else. And I think six-year contract, you can get him as with the White Sox on his first contract under market value. Yeah, I think Tim Anderson is the most valuable player on the White Sox, and so that would be the answer. That being said, there are a lot of good answers to this question. I think Luis Robert, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, as Sean is <laughs> I gotcha. jousting over there. Uh, I, I Strength. Think, 
Just, just ripped it out of the thing. Wow. Sean is strong. Easy there, Dr. Banner. Um, I th- wearing green. Wearing green and everything. I think uh, I think Luis Robert would be a very good answer to that question for all the reasons we discussed earlier. And then, hey, Dylan Cease is the guy coming off the best year. So, um, But, yeah, I would, I would lean position player over pitcher just because, you know, plays every day. Um, I, I think Luis Robert, uh, or Tim Anderson, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. I, I think Luis Robert probably wins this discussion because of his age, but Tim Anderson means more to the White Sox. I think, again, like you said, there's no wrong answer. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, young, probably too young for an extension, but it wouldn't be bad to have him for you know six plus years. Aloy Jimenez, we already talked about, you know, hey, if I'm picking him to start a team, I'd probably give him an extension over Luis Robert. Probably. Um, the thing with T.A., just don't know. I know that he's very valuable right now to the White Sox, but in six years, like it, it might just be time to get, get like start fresh. I don't know. It, it, in two years, when See, he can't hate on Jose Abreu anymore because he's not on the team, yeah. So he has to move on to somebody else who all the fans Next love, guy. and so now he's a Tim Anderson um, hater. I don't know. I don't know. I, not I just, cool. Not, hey, hey he's, send I, it out there, Sean. I'm sure TA will watch it. He is the <laughs> only person who I can buy a jersey of, and it's not weird that I have my own name, last name on the back of the jersey. I respect him to to the highest. I love him, but I don't know, like. Will T.A. change the game? Is bat flip from 2019 still be relevant in 2025 when his contract's up or 2024 when his contract's up? Like, how well have you played? Have you played 120-plus games? Like, that's what matters. Like, I love that T.A. did that in 2019. I love what he's done, you know, Field of Dreams, Yankee Stadium, whatever. Like, I mean, he's he's been fantastic his entire White Sox career. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's going to still be there in 2024 or not. I'm excited to see what his 2023 looks like. Um, but I would say Dylan, um, just because – you get him for six years, you get him till he's 33, and that body, I don't know how long it will last um, just because he is kind of a smaller frame. Uh, we think of Tim, Tim Lincecum, obviously much smaller than Dylan Cease, but he's not 6'4", 6'5", like Verlander and Scherzer. I don't know if he's going to have that long of a career, but I do know his stuff is going to be filthy until he's about 33. So I'd take Cease uh, just for the next six years, and hey, you don't have to worry about an ace, and you could just put in all the development into your, your two through five pitchers. Um but, yeah, I, I would take Cease. If yeah, I think, you know, if Cease wasn't a pitcher and I didn't feel like, you know, if I had guarantees that he was not going to get injured, yeah, of course, Cease. He's a top-of-the-rotation guy, which is very rare to find, but I don't have those uh, I don't have those uh, assurances. Was he had Tommy John before, or has he? Because hmm. if you haven't, I mean, it's just a matter of time you're going to have it, so. He had it before he was high drafted. School? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He had yeah. it in high school. Okay. Uh, March, or when he was drafted. March 15th, yeah. 2017. Okay, yeah. so maybe he's good. Well, or maybe he's like you, Darvish, going to have multiple ones. <laughs> Justin Verlander didn't have it until he was 40, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Justin, I mean, like. Yeah, Justin Verlander is a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's true, but like, <laughs> hey, you know, who is one on the, the AL Cy Young ballot in 2021? Verlander. Who is two? Cease. Um, I just, I'm just wondering. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if it's that destined. To, to happen. He does no, it's not. I mean, if he's had it, it's you know it's pretty much not in the clear, but I, I would want a guy who's never had the uh, Tommy John surgery and then say, hey, here's six years. I'll throw this out there, too. Now, granted, Dylan Cease has made one postseason start ever, but Tim Anderson kind of money in the playoffs. That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Started us career, what, nine for nine? Because here's the thing. You're, you're handing out a six-year deal. You're planning on trying to make a couple of World Series runs. Why don't you give me the guy who's, you know – the White Sox version of Mr. October. Um, a cool uh, 16 of 33 Oof. in his postseason career. Oof, uh, 485 batting average. Obviously, his on-base percentage is the same because Tim Anderson's not walking. Um, but a, f- a 545 slugging. Uh, a cool 1030 uh, OPS. All those play. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, I know he did most of the damage versus Oakland, but he wasn't a crumb bum versus the Houston Astros. Mm, 737 OPS, three. 68 batting average. Um, slugging was the same and OP, OBP was the same, but um, hey, 7 of 19 is pretty good. Uh, how many runs did the White Sox score in the ALDS? Did Tim Anderson score all four Against runs? Against the Astros? Yeah, in total. No, remember, they, they had that they one broke game out where they had a ton. Yeah. The Leary 12. <laughs> yeah. 1, 4, 12, 1. So 2, 6, that would be 18. 18. Yeah. So he scored 18 of the four of the 18 runs for the White Sox in 2021. Um, anyways, uh, let's go to the next uh, question here. I would say Dylan. You got Tim. You got Tim. Uh, next one's from our guy Ian. Um, Ian's first one was 
really negative. Um, so I just, I didn't want to bring it up. I just wanted, we would need to knock on wood for the entire segment. But uh, he's asking this one. When Patriot stands up in front of the cameras this week, writers have to ask the Clevenger question. Difficult to sidestep it. And Patriot does not seem the type of person to do that. What will happen? Um, I don't know if Pedro Grafal will get too in, in depth to it. But um, Vinny, obviously, we're going to talk about this tomorrow on what you are expecting for spring training. Um, we could just touch upon this right now. I think the White Sox will be mostly silent and say it's right now in the MLB's hands about Mike Clevenger, just because, as we know, it's an open investigation. Um, you know, we, we, it's tough to speculate, probably shouldn't speculate, but, I mean, what's the expectation, or at least is this the most important storyline going into spring training for 2023? Yeah, I don't know if it's the most important, but it's certainly one of them. Uh, I, I I also don't think Pedro Grafal is the guy who's going to get those kinds right. of questions. Right. These are uh, questions that will be asked of Rick Hahn uh, on Wednesday two days' time, um, and if you refer to the uh, statement that he put out when this all, uh, when this all broke, they, they're committed to not making any comment on it until the investigation is wrapped up. Now, pitchers and catchers report in two days. That means there are two days for things to happen, and maybe something does happen with the league one way or the other, right? I, or, or maybe it doesn't. We don't really know. It's just speculative at this point, which is, which is not really fair, but you can be assured that at the bare minimum, Rick Hahn will be asked the question and he can say, listen, we're not going to comment until further. But then the follow-up is, well, okay, what are the, the baseball ramifications of that unknown? And and I think, you know, there that is a fair question to talk about the pitching depth, to talk about what the plans might be, uh, you know, and, and certainly Pedro Grafol factors into those decisions, but I think Rick Hahn is the one who's going to be asked those questions uh, uh, more so on Wednesday. I'm sure Rick, when he steps to the mic in front of those uh, media members, is going to be like, hey, guys, I can't talk about Mike Clemenger. It's out of my hands, especially if the, if the consistency happens right now where there's nothing happening. It's out of my hands. So if we could talk only about baseball here, that will be appreciated. And that's a fair thing. If he, at the beginning of the press conference, just lets it be known, like, hey, guys, I can't do that. There's nothing I can do about it. And so I'm just waiting for MLB to, to act on it. And everybody will acquiesce to that. And as Vinny says, there are baseball questions to be asked about Mike Clevenger. If this doesn't happen, who's your fifth starter? If it does happen, you guys going to roll with Mike Clevenger type of thing. Like, so I think, you know, before anybody even gets a word out edgewise, hopefully Rick just squashes all that stuff and that speculation. Now, did they put themselves in the situation? I don't think they wanted to be in the situation, but kind of they did. But it's a good thing to get out in front of it. That's PR number 101. Get out in front of the crisis. Say, hey, we're not going to talk about this. I understand your, your curiosity. I understand what the fans' curiosity is. But I can't talk about it. The only thing I can say is we're just here. And we'll just deal with it when uh, MLB either comes up with a decision or not. But for now, Mike's on the team type of thing. Yeah, I, I expect probably just tight-lipped. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to – monitor that on Wednesday and see um, if he reports, if he doesn't show up, if the MLB does say anything. Um, we got about uh, less than 48 hours to MLB's see. MLB's putting what the, the White put. Sox in a bad spot right now. Yeah, and I do. And I know they got to finish the investigation, but there should be some indefinite suspension or – so it doesn't just hang out there and Mike Clevenger's on the mound in Glendale, Arizona, and then – spotlights to him and it's like why is this guy here if he still has this uh, domestic violence uh investigation going against him so they should do the White Sox and themselves and Mike Clevenger for that instance a favor by just saying hey we just let, let us finish this and we'll get you back on the field if you are cleared of this well David Cole asked why did MLB not let the White Sox know as we heard from an agent once this story broke um it is not up to the MLB to let teams know if a player is currently under investigation or not, um, it is not really allowed uh, under the uh, Players Association and uh, MLB agreement, um, unless you know something is closer to becoming made public. Um, they're not let known. So it, it, the White Sox saying they didn't know could be possible. Um, and this was from Olivia Feinstead, uh, the woman uh, who Mike Clevenger allegedly abused. Um, she on her Instagram story today. Uh, screenshotted a podcast from January 6th, 26th uh, from 6 of the score, uh, Mullion Haw, uh, where Amy Dash said MLB team should have informed uh, 
teams about Mike Clevenger. Uh, she quote tweeted it and said, 100,000%. It was half my fault because I never cooperated with the MLB or gave out any information until the end of September, beginning of October, once my daughter's custody was being threatened. Um, then she continues going on. MLB started contacting me July 6th once they were informed from a third party about what was taking place. Mike was threatening me, and my mom said, if I said anything, um, have all the texts and recorded calls. By the way, threatening the victim does go against the domestic violence policy too. Um, so at least... She feels partly blamed for not uh, speaking up a little bit sooner. As she said, um, it was later to where Mike was pitching in the postseason where she started talking to, uh, to, to, to the MLB. So maybe that's why this has been so delayed. But hopefully the MLB does what's right for White Sox fans and at least puts this off the table and off to the, to the side. Because to, right now, I mean, it's, I don't think you can have him currently under investigation participating in a White Sox uniform. I, I don't think it would be the best for, for fans, the team, the players on that team. I, I think it would just be the, the wrong look. That's just my personal opinion. But, um, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. We got, we got time to see. Uh, one final thing. I wish I got it in earlier because now it's kind of just a very weird, hard left turn. Um, but, Vinny, you look like John Prine. Thank um, you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, someone tweeted me, tweeted at me, uh, and they, I forget who it was. So please uh, take the credit. I had to find uh, a picture with him in short hair and jeans, but I mean it's kind of close. And and then you could uh, kind of see the mustache there too from the Sweet Revenge album. That's a great uh, album. I I, I could kind of see the the John Prine lookalike. So uh, hey, hey, if you want to cover Sweet Revenge, feel free. Oh, it's a good song. That's also right. not uh, not a bad comparison at all. I'll take that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and and two, you just need the boots. You got brand new shoes. Uh, yeah, I like I'm, the blue. I'm gonna stick with the bright shoes. I'm, I don't think my feet would feel real good in cowboy boots. I gotta be honest. What's the color on that? Like coral? It's like a Car- Carolina blue. Carolina coral. Blue? Coral is like coral pink. blue. I don't know. Yeah, be coral blue. Obviously not coral because yeah. got coral pink. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Make sure you tune in at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Vinny Herb and I will be talking about all the important sto- spring training storylines along with Oscar Colas previewing his 2023. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Again, we'll talk to you live tomorrow at 4 p.m. here on CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. We're at 25 likes. If you can give us a like on the way out, we really would appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as we've reached 25,000 subscribers. We've got great spring training coming, coverage coming to you and then the regular season as well. Talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.